Please let me take back my wish. Well... The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. I'm your guest host, Casey Johnston, editor of the Future section here at The Outline. You might be asking, where's Aaron? Well, he was at South by Southwest, and he's currently on a plane right now, resting his vocal cords. So today, I'm bringing you a special story from one of our staff writers, Paris Martineau. She had the chance to speak with music legend Junkie XL. If you take a listen to the theme that Junkie XL composed for the movies Batman vs. Superman and Wonder Woman for the Wonder Woman character, there's this really incredible electric cello that breaks through, and that part is actually played by a woman. So that's what we're going to get into today, what it means to compose music for strong female characters in films. Let's get right to it. The future. Hello? Hi, is this Tom? Yes, it is. Hi, Tom. This is Paris um, from The Outline. How are you doing today? Hey, how are you doing? Good, very good. <laughs> That's great. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. There's a chopper coming over in a second, uh, in case it gets really loud. Okay. There we go. Oh, it's actually not a chopper. It's a B-17. You know <laughs> what a B-17 is? I assume it's some sort of war-related plane? Yeah, it's like a World War II bomber. If I'm still on the phone in five minutes, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much for taking the time to, to speak with me today. I wanted to start off first with asking you a little bit about your background and everything, because um, you have such a legendary origin story. Like, you know, in 2003, you were on fire as Junkie XL. After your remix of A Little Less Conversation went big, you could have done anything, basically. But instead, you ended your career as a DJ and moved to Venice across the world from Amsterdam in the hopes of scoring films, and totally made it. Tell me a little bit about like what led you to make such a huge career change. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was actually quite intense because my manager and my business manager and my agents and stuff, they pretty much got a heart attack in 2002 after that worldwide hit by saying like, hey guys, I figured something out. I'm going to move to LA and become a film composer. I'm going to quit this whole career. But I've been eyeing film scoring a long time in the 90s where music of mine was licensed and was used into um, films and I saw that and I got more and more enthusiastic about it. And so after the Elvis remix, I was like, okay, I really want to pursue this. And that's when I uh, decided to move to LA and just basically start from the ground up. What movies were you involved in in the 90s? Um, the first one was uh, Blade with uh, Wesley Snipes in 97. Resident Evil in 98, 99, and then I worked uh, on the three Matrix movies, even though the music didn't get used, but I did work on it. I've actually turned into a way better composer because I opened my heart to true collaboration with a director in the studio, and it would be utterly stupid not to listen to them because these people have way more experience than you have, and you can learn from them and just become a better composer because of it. 
let's say take let's take George Miller with Mad Max. He's going to say, oh, the main female character, Furiosa, she's this kind of person. This is what happened to her. That's why she got into the situation that she is right now. And these are the things that she's experiencing throughout the movie. And I want that to be apparent when I listen to the music. And I want to feel that in my stomach. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, obviously you play such a large role in the creation of the film. So like, what attracted you to Tomb Raider in this case? Well, Tomb Raider for me is a very iconic uh, female heroine character that had so many different renditions from 1996 till now. Whereas Tomb Raider as a video game has really developed over 20 years. And, and it became something completely different now than it was 20 years ago. And I think also this movie, because he's played by Alicia Vikander, it's more like a real story. Uh, she doesn't have snazzy guns. There's no trickery or superhuman nature or heroism, anything like that. It's just a 21-year-old girl that can run fast and shoot a bow. And, um, and to make that work in the film, that to me has a great appeal to me because that could potentially set some sort of a role model for a lot of young kids out there. It's like, oh, you know, you don't need to be Wonder Woman to be like a superhero. Yeah, that's one of the things that I found really interesting about this remake of Tomb Raider, because, you know, the Angelina Jolie one was great, but it was also a bit kitschy, you know, about the Illuminati. This one was very realistic. It took this two-dimensional video game character and fleshed her out into, like you said, like a realistic, identifiable heroine. So you've written the scores for quite a few um, films that have strong female leads. What do you think about when you're creating the a theme for someone like that? I don't think that uh, a heroine theme or a, a music concept for a male or a female should be done respectively, uh, respectively by a male or a female. You know, music is, at the end of the day, music. And that's what only only thing that counts. I think that a woman would be completely suitable to write like a kick-ass uh, score for a reinstallment of Rocky, you know, like in two, three years. Why not? Uh, you don't need to be a guy to do that. Yeah, I feel like there is often in the world of composing, there's often this issue where there are not that many female composers that are composing for these larger action-adventure features. Like, how do you feel being in the position of composing this sort of music that is for and about women? I actually know quite a little bit about this because I've ran a four-year university course in Holland for film composing. So I speak to all these students that sometimes are as young as 18 and, and as old as 22, 24 when they're studying. And there's maybe, you know, there's like 30 students and there's one woman, you know, so it starts already there. A lot of women are are afraid, I think, because it's dominated by men, the film industry, that they won't have a chance. And, you know, some of them are not sure if they want to put up with all the, the bullshit that potentially comes with this profession, you know, uh, dealing with egos and complicated scenarios. Then on the other hand, the music department in L.A. is primarily run in Hollywood by women. So the head of music, Fox, is a woman. The head of music at Sony is a woman. Most of the Warner Brothers music departments are women. So actually, I deal almost consistently with women, you know, like on an executive level. So, and when we talk about these movies, there's never talk about like, oh, you know, 
a woman should do this or a guy should do this or it's it never really coming up. I just wish. And that's why, you know, I keep looking for uh, female assistants who potentially want to take the plunge into this world. I definitely support them to a different level than guys, because I would really love to see a woman succeed. I think when a woman decides to be a film composer, she actually has a shot, whereas it comes to guys, too many guys are enlisted to be a film composer, of which most of them shouldn't even be there. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, so... Um, you'd mentioned that all this bull that female composers have to deal with that often causes them to, you know, drop out of the figurative race. What sort of bullshit generally affects women in this workplace? I, I think it ranges from completely to the left on the whole scale of things. Of actually guys that really think that women are not suitable for this job, uh, to completely to the right where it gets into the Hay Harvey Weinstein territory where women are just simply harassed. And so everything like in between from stepping into a completely male-dominated world, you know, you have to deal with whatever that culture is. I mean, you see that the culture is, is rapidly changing at this point. We see more and more new executives that are younger that will not stand up for it. And, you know, br they brought up with a completely different set of mindset. And in the midst of all that, where we're right in right now, scandal after scandal after scandal, you know, you see these really young girls that, you know, study film scoring and want to enter this world. And they're thinking like, ah, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Like a lot of professions, women need to be like twice as good as men to even, you know, to even succeed. And that's, uh, I see that very clearly. And that's why it's so admirable that when we just look at the music departments of all the big studios here, like they're all driven by women, predominantly, I would say 75, 80%. I guess going back to more specifically the music that you work on, which of course has to do with these strong women, could you like tell me a little bit about what the process is for creating those compositions, or like are there any um, past works or music that has like inspired you um, when you were creating like powerful themes, like the theme from Tomb Raider or um, Furiosa's theme? You know, for me, like something that musically is strong doesn't really carry a label of female or male. You know what I mean? So when when you see the film, you get you feel more of of a concept. So for instance, Furiosa was a, a character with a really troubled past. That alone has a massive difference in music approach. So Lara Croft is, is the way that Alicia Vikander plays her. When she would feel sad, she probably would not listen to Adagio for strings. She would probably play an Adele song and just find, find comfort in that. And the kids that play the video game at this point and the kids that will see this film, very likely the same. a major impact as well you know like how do you approach this are you going to approach this more with a pop sensibility or with a very heavy classic sensibility whereas 
Mad Max, uh, Furiosa, we are talking in a dystopian world where everything is like so crazy and out of control. So that becomes the, the new normal. And these are all factors that you take into consideration when you come up with music for a character. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think that that sort of approach, that narrative-based approach to designing sort of a soundscape is fascinating. You can very much compare it to building a house. Mm-hmm. B- building a house st- always starts with like really rough sketches of uh, an architect, or if you're talented enough, uh, the future person who is going to live in that, and just like roughly sketch it out. And that's purely creative. Eventually, an architect needs to get on board with an engineer, and that's where math starts coming in. Oh, we need to do this here because if we don't, the second floor is going to come down. And it's somewhat similar that happens in music. When you look at it, then you, and you start analyzing it, you start finding these mathematical uh, relations between harmonic progressions and melodic progressions. Any hit song that turns into a big hit has that same logical approach. Like you feel when the chorus is coming, you feel how the verse is developing into the chorus, and the chorus is the payoff. Thank you um, so much again for taking the time to speak with me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the time. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Today you heard from Paris Martineau, a staff writer here at The Outline. For more of our stories, head to theoutline.com. We're produced by James T. Green. If you love the show, tell a friend. We're at Outline Dispatch on Twitter. You can find Aaron at Aaron M. Edwards, and you can find me at Casey Johnston. If you have any feedback, you can send Aaron an email at aaron at theoutline.com. Hope you have a great day. I'm Casey Johnston.